following is a presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU Cougars basketball is on the air. Dawson Baker behind the back to Spencer Johnson. Lobs it up. Oh! Atiki Atiki. And the Atiki This is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. To get you ready for BYU versus Baylor, here's your host, Ben Bagley. And good evening, BYU Hoops fans, and welcome on in Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Tonight, we have a matchup featuring top 25 teams as the 18th-ranked BYU Cougars are in Waco, Texas, to face the 14th-ranked Baylor Bears. The Cougars coming into tonight's game looking to rebound after a 71-60 loss in the Big 12 opener to Cincinnati on Saturday. In the game, BYU really struggled shooting, hitting on 13 of 46 three-point shots and shooting 33% from the field for the game. If you're not an analytics guy, you don't need to be to know that that wasn't good. The Cougars were also out-rebounded 45-36 in the game, something that's outside the norm for BYU thus far this season. The news wasn't all bad for Mark Pope's squad, though, as Trevin Nell scored a career-high 27 points, hitting 9 of of 14 from three. The nine threes in one game put Nell just one shy of Chase Fisher's program record of 10 threes in a game, which he set in 2015 versus Chaminade. The Cougars also welcomed Fasini Traore back from injury. Foose had one point and two boards in eight minutes of play. Expect that to be a process, though, as Coach Pope works Foose back into the rotation, plus getting him back into game shape. On the Baylor side of the ledger, the Bears come into the game tonight 12-2 and on the season and won their Big 12 opener on Saturday in a close 75-70 game against Oklahoma State in Stillwater. Co- Jacoby Walter, one of the stars for the freshman star for uh, Baylor, he's averaging 15.3 points per game, shooting 40% from three and 44% from the field. This kid, a freshman, a star in the making, and just a shooter, Ray J. Dennis, He's the guy of this team that really kind of gets things going. He's their point guard. He's averaging 14.2 points per game, shooting 53% from the field, and giving the Bears 6.2 assists per game. Speaking of Walter and Dennis, I spoke yesterday with BYU assistant coach Gail Fennell about the Bears and these two players in particular, but I started our pre-game conversation drawing a comparison to what BYU is doing going from playing Saturday night Then a quick turnaround with Tuesday with only one day of prep to what it's like for an NBA team. As a coach, I asked Coach Fennell, how do you prepare and approach the quick turnaround with your team? Yeah, I think there's a lot of that. I think you mentioned the Baylor um, on a one-day prep, which is always challenging, especially when that one day is a travel day and um, getting in enough time on the floor and getting in enough time with the film and doing some individual stuff and having a feel for their arena. Um, All those things are really important, and, and to jam all that in one day is um, can be challenging, but um, that's also, you know, a cool thing about this conference, right? And, um, you know, you're going to play a really good team every single night, and some of them are going to be on the road, and uh, we have to pick ourselves up and dust ourselves off and, and get ready to play, you know, an excellent Baylor team that's that's a high-powered offense. So um, as it, you know, relates to the NBA, there's a little bit of that. Obviously, we don't have 82 games, but um, there is a similar idea where uh, we have to learn very, very quickly from our mistakes in the last game, and we have to, to build on some of the things that we did do well and apply that to our next game. So, Hopefully we can do that tomorrow. We'll talk about the last game and then change, make changes with the Baylor, but I want to focus on something you just said with 
with the travel, um, trying to get court times a little tricky when you're when you're flying from from Provo to to Waco, Texas. But on that plane, and, and in full disclosure, we're talking on Monday afternoon before a Tuesday matchup before you guys board the plane. How much film study and class is being done on that flight to Waco? I think it, I think it depends on the guys. I, I think some guys will be dead asleep for the entire for once they step on the plane. Uh, and then I think some other guys would be kind of pouring over some film and pouring over some individual things that, that pertain to them and their matchups and what's going to be important for them um, as far as the actions that, that our opponent runs. So um, I, I think some guys kind of space it out, you know, to their to their comfort level. I, you know, for us as, as coaches and a staff, um, it's incumbent upon us to really get the information across to the guys in the manner which they'll learn it, right? It's, it doesn't make a ton of sense for us to just dump a ton of information on our time frame. It has to be on theirs and what works for them and how they're going to retain the information. So um, we'll do some group sessions tonight, and then we'll do some individual stuff in the morning and some group stuff tomorrow in the morning as well. Um, and then hopefully we'll be ready to rock tomorrow night. Let's look back at that Cincinnati game uh, for just a moment. You guys came into that game riding a hot hand, riding a high, and then it just seemed like, especially in the second half, the shots stopped dropping. The good news of that is that's going to happen from time to time in basketball, but the bad news is it came the conference opener at home. What was the message in the locker room to the team? Yeah, I think generally speaking, it's just we have to find a way collectively to win games when shots aren't falling, right? Whether that's Utah, whether that's Cincinnati, um, those are two games. Those are our two worst shooting games of the season, and incidentally, we lost both of them. Um, I think the the location, the opponent is kind of irrelevant. Like, we have to uh, play our game, and that's not just making shots, right? That's that's rebounding on both ends of the floor. That's making an extra play for our teammate. That's cutting really, really hard. Um, that's guarding um, at a really high level, which we showed in spurts um, against against Cincinnati as well. So um, it's not just making shots, and we have to make those other facets of our game, you know, come to the fore to override some of our deficiencies um, as far as shooting percentage. So um, we all, all of us, players, staff included, we have to do a better job of, of figuring out ways to win games when, when we're not shooting the cover off the ball. When a player, when a team, especially as good as shooting as this team's been uh, through the preseason, although it struggled against Cincinnati, there's not much, as a coach, is there much of a worry when you have a cold night like that? Because shooting is one of those things like you're not going to forget how to shoot. You're going to have a bad night occasionally, but there's always the next night. Yeah, I think you said it perfectly. I, I think um, there's not a worry. I think we have so many kids that can shoot the ball at a high level. Um, it's not just one or two guys that we lean on. Um, you know, we have a next man up mentality in all facets of our program, but really when it comes to making shots, right? I mean, if our first five guys aren't making, we have four dudes off the bench that can do it at an equally high level. So um, I, I think we feel really confident in our ability to make shots from the perimeter um, as a program. I think our individual guys feel really, really confident in their ability to make shots. Um, and, and I think that'll show, you know, hopefully moving forward and, and that won't bog us down. One question to transition from looking back to looking forward. Foos gets his first action coming back off of injury in that game against Cincinnati. Only about eight, nine minutes for Foos. But what's what's the reintegration of Foos back into this rotation, this lineup like? Um, I think it's going to really depend on him and his health and his shape. Um, you know, I think it was clear to see that he felt a little bit uncomfortable on the floor. Uh, maybe not maybe not have been in the best basketball shape in his first you know, 4A out there against Cincinnati. So that has to continue to improve as he plays, you know, really high-level competition. Um, Cincinnati had really good bigs and Lockett and Bandego. 
um, you know, Baylor's going to have an excellent big and he's missy. So, um, you know, there's going to be, <laughs> there's not going to be a, a down night. Like he has to be at his best physically, mentally, um, his preparation. He can't just kind of walk out there and, and hope to score, score on the block against anybody. Right. So he has to be operating at a really, really high level. And, and hopefully that's, that's the case moving forward. You mentioned earlier in the interview that you go from one game to another really good opponent in Baylor. And, and I mean, it's a, a matchup of top 25 ranked teams, but they got a couple of players that is a, fa- a fan of basketball. You really like to watch and Jacoby Walker and Ray J Dennis. Well, Walker may lead the team in scoring. Ray J Dennis seems to be kind of the heartbeat of that team, not just dishing the ball, but shooting 53% of the 53% from the field and just seems to be a really good basketball player. What do you, what can you tell me about these two guys? I, I really agree with your assessment of Dennis. I think he's the straw that serves the drink, man. I mean, he's, he really makes them go. He uses a tremendous amount of ball screens. He uses them with tremendous poise and, and skill. Um, you know, he's obviously shooting the ball really, really well. I actually give him a ton of credit. Um, his shooting percentage from three has actually gone up at least three percentage points every season since he's been in college basketball. So he's really made himself into a high level shooter from the perimeter. Um, he's got a tremendous pace to his game. He's not, he's not an overwhelming athlete per se, but he uses his game and he uses his, his size really well to kind of create separation and finish in the lane. And he can finish over bigs. Um, you mentioned Jacoby Walter, obviously a really highly talented freshman McDonald's all American. And it's just a fantastic shooter. I've had, you know, multiple NBA scouts call me about him and just his shooting ability and how do you prepare for guys like that. And um, it's going to be a massive, massive challenge for our guys. And, and hopefully we're ready to rock. What's the key to getting a win at Baylor? I think neutralizing and slowing down those two guys will go a long way um, towards getting that done. But it's, it's really not just those two, right? I mean, they have an experienced group. They have a lot of guys that can shoot the ball. Uh, they're the best shooting team in the country at over 45% as a team, which is just unheard of. Um, I don't believe I've seen... Um, every player outside of their bigs is shooting over 40% from three, which is, it was just absolutely ridiculous. So um, us being there on the catch on the perimeter and slowing down their, their three point shooting is super important. Um, neutralizing their ball screen, um, their ball screen action, which is a massive part of what they do offensively, uh, both in the half court and transition, they'll get into a lot of drag ball screens and transition. Uh, so we have to be ready to guard that. Um, and, and then just rebounding, right? Eve Missy is, a, is just a phenomenal offensive rebounder, so we have to keep him off the offensive glass and, and keep him from getting a lot of dunks and some momentum plays and um, do our job there as well. Our thanks to Coach Fennell for giving us a pregame scout for the Baylor Bears game. Coming up next, we'll head to Foster Pavilion for our courtside conversation with Mark Durant. Cougar pregame live continues in a moment on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Here's Ben Bagley with more Mountain America Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. It's time for our courtside conversation with the one and only Mark Durant. We go now to the brand spanking new Foster Pavilion, where right now Mark Durant is courtside taking in that new arena smell. Mark, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Here we are in Waco. They had Chip and Joanna come in and fix this place up real nice. And uh, no, it's it's a beautiful building. Uh, it's it's very steep on the sides uh, at least, and and they've got these nice big uh, video panels on either end. It, it's impressive. It's nice, and I think just the right size, and it's going to be loud. 
Yeah, I think this what is second game in the arena. I think the women's team had a game last week, and I, have the men played there yet? Is this their first men's game there? Yeah, they played uh, Cornell, I believe. Okay. They had a win against Cornell. It, took, it christened it, but this is first Big 12 game. So here we go. There you go. New arena smell. I'm not sure what the, exactly that smells like, but we can just imagine we'll go from there. <laughs> hey, let's smell a lot like Greg Rubel. I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's just Greg's cologne. That always smells good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. let's talk about last time out for this BYU team. I, as, a, as a ball player, not that I ever was one, other than church ball, I did have my nights. Uh, shooters shoot. And this BYU team has got a bunch of shooters. And when you're relying on the three-point shot or a bunch of shooters, occasionally you're going to have an off night. Unfortunately, that happened on Saturday versus Cincinnati. What's the mentality going into tonight coming off of a poor shooting night? And how do you overcome that? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it was an off, off night shooting. But shooters do shoot, but shooters should not huck. And uh, <laughs> BYU was doing some hucking uh, the other night, which means they're just kind of throwing it up there especially the last seven or eight minutes of that game they kind of went away from their offense and went away what they what they like to do and were just kind of throwing up deep threes hoping that they would go in and that's just not a way to do it now now in the first half they weren't great shooting but the, the threes that they were getting were good threes and if you keep shooting those you'll get them and trevin was obviously very good in that half and uh, but, yeah, it, it got away from them when you get down a little bit. You start to panic. You start to force things, and you get away with the, what you're doing. So uh, it, it, the, the reason they, they were able to shoot, what, 46 threes is because they're out near half court throwing it up. And, and Cincinnati said, we're not going to guard you there. Go ahead. And, uh, and, and so I, I think the cure for BYU is, is just getting the, the good looks that they've worked hard at getting all year. And not just relying on pulling up uh, from 40 feet trying to make a, a, a game-changing three. But run your offense. And the, BYU's at their best, you, you'll notice, Ben, when they're able to get a post-touch or able to dribble and get in the paint, and then they're kicking, kicking out, kicking to a corner. That's where Trevin got most of his threes in that game. Is BYU penetrating, the defense collapses, you kick it to a shooter, and then you have then the ball's coming at you and you're going towards the hoop. It's in your motion. That's the the best shot that BYU can get. And if it's just dribble, dribble, uh, launch a three over a guy, that's not good. And anyway, that's a long-winded answer. Uh, but but the, the answer for BYU is is just to, to make sure they continue to run their offense to get their shots and not become reliant on individual guys just throwing it up there. Well, I, on that point, I had an NBA coach one time tell me, says if you're going to take that shot thank you i don't have to play defense and they're like please do take that shot because we don't want to have to play defense that much so uh yeah don't make don't make the defense's job easy uh one thing that was probably i don't think i kind of agree with you. i don't think the shooting woes was a concern i mean you're gonna have off night and yes it hurts you look at the, the box score and you're like oh my gosh byu did what but what i think to me less concerning uh, well, the, the shooting more concerning that was the rebounds when you, you get beat on the boards where normally I mean, out being out rebounded 45 36 at home that to me is a little bit more concerning yeah that that is a big problem just got to shake hands with Austin Angels in town here uh, that was that's pretty cool uh, but yeah I mean here's the deal bit man after that Utah game I was obviously gutted because it was Utah but I actually felt 
pretty good uh, about how BYU played because they did miss shots, but everything else that they had been doing, the rebounding, the points in the paint, uh, you know, taking care of the basketball, all those things were were still excellent. They just shot poorly, and so they came up a little bit short, but they're still in the game because they were doing all those other really good things. Um, and, and against Cincinnati, yeah, they shot poorly, but then they did everything else poorly. Uh, they rebounded poorly. Now, credit Cincinnati. They're one of the best rebounding teams in the nation, but so is BYU. And BYU has been living on offensive rebounds off of missed threes, and they didn't against uh, Cincinnati, and they they missed more than they ever have, and they didn't get very many offensive rebounds. And so, uh, y- you know, they, they did a lot of the things. The, the bench scoring was, was very low. I mean, their average about 40. I think they got in the teens maybe. Um, and, and so it, there were a lot of things that were just discouraging about that game. So it wasn't just losing at home, but the way they lost, they just did not play very well. Now there's going to be a real period of uh, acclimation to this type of basketball, Ben. I mean, you've got uh, the, the shots that you're used to shooting maybe aren't there right now, or the, the dribble drives that you're used to dribbling and getting to the hoop. You either get stopped or you get the ball knocked away, or whatever it is, the things that you're used to doing, you can't do because the players are too good and the coaches are too good. So there's a period of acclimation to realize, okay, this works, but I can't do this anymore. And, and it, it, it's it's a struggle. Now, will it take one game? And will they have learned their lesson against Cincinnati? Will it take a month? Will it take the rest of this year? Will it take a couple years to learn how to play uh, at this level? Um, but I, I hope it's certainly sooner than, than later. But it's hard to expect coming in against a team like Cincinnati who has those types of athletes to just continue to play like you have been because things just don't work against really good teams and really good players. You have to figure out what does work. and You have to change your own game to find out the things that you can do against that. There's there's still things you can do. You can be super successful, but it's just not going to come easy, and it, it, it takes some time. One last question. Give me about a 30-second answer on this one. Foose, uh, inserting him back into the lineup and the rotation. He had eight minutes on Saturday, struggled a little bit. Looks like he still needs to get in game shape, which is to be expected. But it's also kind of weird putting him in an offense free-flowing and then all of a sudden you're picking Foose in with more of a post-presence. We'll talk about that ch- challenge quickly for Mark Pope and bringing Foose along. Well, he needs to get better and quick, and I think he will because it's just a matter of kind of, you know, figuring out what he needs to do and getting in the right mindset and being healthy, and I think he's about there. But you need him because coaches are too good in the Big 12, like Cincinnati in the second half. They completely sold out on the three-point shot. They extended the D because they don't have to guard the paint. You need to have a presence that makes you guard the paint, and Foose is that guy. He better come, come to play. Mark, thanks so much. We'll listen to more from you and Greg coming up here in about five minutes. Hey, thanks, Ben. Take it easy. Hey, go to BeABigOtires.com and make an appointment at one of the 50 locally owned and operated Utah locations. Big O Tires, the team you trust. After a quick timeout, we'll look at some of the scores going on in Big 12 basketball. BYU and Baylor being the last game of the night to tip off. You're listening to Cougar Pregame Live on on the new skin BYU Sports Network.
with more Mountain America Cougar Pregame Live. Here's Ben Bagley. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. We're getting you ready for BYU and the Baylor Bears. A couple of possible upsets brewing in the Big 12. Right now, 15 minutes left in the second half, and Iowa State's up 37-32 on second-ranked Houston. And also in the second half with 10 minutes left, Cincinnati still filling it from last Saturday. They're up 53-49 on 25th-ranked Texas. Coming up next, we'll send you to the Foster Pavilion for Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rebell and Mark Durant. You're listening to BYU Basketball on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Zions Bank, for 150 years of helping you succeed, Zions Bank is for you. Let's take you courtside and join the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening, Cougar basketball fans. Welcome courtside inside the brand new Foster Pavilion on Baylor's University campus in Waco, Texas. As tonight, a pair of ranked teams square off on the hardwoods. Number 18, BYU visiting number 14, Baylor in their 11th all-time meeting, but the first ever as conference colleagues. It's BYU's Big 12 road opener, and it comes with the Cougs in bounce-back mode after a Saturday night home court setback versus Cincinnati. I'm Greg Rubel. I've got your play-by-play call tonight, joined on the headset by the beloved former BYU Ironman himself, Mark Durant. And Mark, BYU's Big 12 debut... Kind of a rude awakening. Uh, The Cougars losing a half-court lead and then getting steamrolled by Cincinnati down the stretch. BYU was pretty sloppy and shot poorly in a 71-60 defeat. The game, I guess, serving as a stark reminder of just how hard it's going to be to win games in the best basketball conference in the country. It just feels differently even watching these teams warm up, doesn't it, Greg? You're like... We're not in Kansas anymore. Actually, we will be in Kansas, and we're not in Malibu anymore is what I'm saying. And not to denigrate Pepperdine, but the difference is Pepperdine will have one or two of those kind of guys, and Cincinnati has 10 or 11. And it's it's impressive, and that kind of size and speed and athleticism takes some getting used to. The shots that used to be open are covered now, and the shots in the paint that used to score on, are they get blocked, and... And the passes you used to make, uh, you turn it over because they're so long with their arms. So you have to kind of get the feel for that. And, and hopefully it won't take BYU long uh, because it could be a long season if they don't figure it out. But I, I think they'll kind of come around, get comfortable, realize the level of effort and, 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 and level of play that they'll have to bring to the table here. And if, if they can figure that out sooner than later, then they'll be fine. But it's going to be tough. He's Mark Durant. The other mark in this pregame show is Mark Pope. We'll hear from the head coach coming up next. Live from Waco, Texas on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to hear from BYU head coach Mark Pope as we return to the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show. Here's Greg Rubel. 
BYU and Baylor straight ahead here at the sparkling new Paul and Alejandra Foster Pavilion, this 7,500-seat home of the Baylor Bears. Seating capacity down about 3,000 from the Bears' previous home down the road at the Farrell Center. The new construction creating a more intimate and loud environment, certainly. The fans very much on top of the floor, and this will be a fun place in which to call games for years to come. Time now for my pregame conversation with BYU head coach Mark Pope, presented by Zions Bank. For 150 years, Zions Bank has been serving the communities where you live, work, and play. For financial experience you can count on for the next 150 years, Zions Bank is for you. Tonight, I asked Coach Pope what lessons from Saturday he hopes his team can apply tonight here in Waco. Well, there was a lot of positive Saturday, actually. I thought defensively we were really solid for most of the game. We had some hiccups in transition that were complicated for us. Uh, we had a difficulty guarding the free throw line, um, which we're going to continue to get better at. But there was a lot of, there was really a lot of positive, and that we're excited about. And then there were some positive things on the offensive end. You know, uh, I thought we had a uh, good pace for for some of the game. I thought our pace was good. Uh, um, I thought that uh, I was really proud of our guys' ability to get up the number of shots that they did, which is super important to us. Um, we had slippage. You know, we had our lowest, um, you know, uh, we had our lowest wedge percentage number, which was a problem for us. Um, we were down in the 60s. We haven't been in the 60s all season long. What is that referring to when you say that? So what we do is is chart guys' effort and execution on the offensive glass. It's um, it's a process oriented more than it is results oriented. Meaning, um, you know, sometimes the ball doesn't bounce your way. So what we pride ourselves in is charting every single possession that our guys are making the the right effort to get to the glass. As the competition level rises, that becomes more of a challenge. But it's a place where we can be really successful. If we stay focused. It's a, a unique skill of our team. I think our guys are uh, excited to kind of keep pressing forward and you know, we, we um, you know we think we have a chance to continue to growing it growing as a team and certainly in this gauntlet that we're in the big 12 uh, you got to you got to learn how to be a great team playing against the best teams in the country and so um, here we go again and Baylor is the best three-point shooting team in the country by percentage. Yeah, they're really, really impressive. Um, they're getting up a really solid volume for the three-point line, and they can really shoot it. Every single guy that's allowed to shoot threes on their team is shooting over 40%. Um, they're really aggressive. They really do a great job earning themselves catch-and-shoot threes, which we need to find a way to limit tonight. We need to limit catch-and-shoot threes, and that's a really complicated uh, uh, recipe to do that. Um um, so, so uh, that's something we focused on a lot in the last 48 hours, um, and you know that'll dictate a lot of this game. Is um, in terms of giving ourselves the best chance at a win, is is how many catch and shoot threes can we limit them to? A couple of personnel notes: uh, Dawson Baker not on the trip. Yeah, so Dawson is uh, man. He's just his, his foot is just not getting better. He's uh, meeting with doctors today and tomorrow, and and we'll kind of make a, fi- a, fi- a final decision moving forward about how we have to proceed. And how about Marcus Adams? Uh, Marcus here on the trip with us. I don't, I, I don't think he's going to play tonight, but he's working hard trying to get uh, to a healthier place. What do you think of Foster Pavilion, by the way? Uh, I think, it, I, I mean, it's brilliant, actually. I think it's really incredible. Uh, they did a masterful job because you walk into this gym, and it's only 7,500. It's, you know, it's... it's um, so it's it's not a it's it's a small venue, but it feels massive the way they constructed it and and uh, how steep the sides are. Um, so it has this beautiful match of feeling like a 
a legitimate, legitimate big-time arena, but still being um, uh, limited in capacity, which I think you know drives demand. So I think I think that, uh, they did an unbelievable job, and I think it's a great venue. It's a great addition to the Big 12, and it's going to be really fun. Look forward to the experience tonight, Coach. Thank you for the preview. We'll talk to you post game. Thanks, Rick. That's Mark Pope leading us into tonight's keys to the game. Brought to you by your local Ford stores. BYU basketball built Ford proud. Mark Durant, what do you have as keys for BYU against Baylor tonight? Well, Coach Pope mentioned how good Baylor shoots from the three. Uh, but they only made, a, they made two the other night against Oklahoma State. I think BYU needs to double up made threes tonight over Baylor. Uh, and the other thing is, I think BYU needs to get about four guys in double figures. Now, it may seem a little bit obvious, but... Uh, they only had one guy in double figures against Cincinnati. Other guys need to c- step up and contribute. So four, four guys in double figures. As we go to break, we remind you to go to BigOtires.com and make an appointment at one of 50 locally owned and operated Utah locations. Big O Tires, the team you trust. The BYU Store Cougar Tip-Off Show coming your way right after this, live from Foster Pavilion in Waco, Texas, on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Tip-Off Show, brought to you by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The Cougar Tip-Off Show is also brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic taste of BYU ice cream, now also in a convenient pint. Also brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. Let's head live to the All-Pro Capital courtside seats. Alongside Mark Durant, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back courtside inside Foster Pavilion on the Baylor University campus in Waco, Texas. It's only BYU's second ever all-time game played in Waco. The only previous meeting came 11 seasons ago as the back half of a home-and-home. Baylor won both games, concluding with a 79-64 win at the Farrell Center in December of 2012. This is the BYU Store Cougar Tip-Off Show, brought to you by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Greg Grubel and Mark Durant with you for play-by-play and commentary. Our studio host tonight is Ben Bagley, coordinating producer Terry South. Our control board operators are James Finlayson and Ethan Arkell. Our studio editor is Maya Tippett's radio engineer, Barry Squires. And you are tuned in on the new skin, BYU Sports Network, led by our satellite flagship, BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143, and our over-the-air flagship KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We are also on the BYU Radio app and at BYUradio.org. Well, in BYU's last game, first ever Big 12 game, the Cougars got a career night from Trevin Nell. 27 points on nine three-pointers, but that was about it. He made nine shots. The rest of his teammates combined to make 12. And BYU's usually reliable bench was outscored 27-10 by Cincinnati. Mark, on a team without a singular superstar, uh, BYU will only succeed with balance. They've had balance. The strength of this team is the depth of this team. And in the Big 12, it's got to be all hands on deck every night. I agree. I mean, this team does have a lot of depth, which gives you a, a nice advantage. But you have to be ready to go in every game, even if it's a big stage and against a good team. I mean, you had 
You know, Trey Stewart came in and he had four turnovers in about four minutes. And, and Fusini Traore, the first time he touched it, he turned it over. And Dawson Baker, the first time he touched it, he traveled. And that's not to put any of those guys down other than to say, if, if you're on this team, you're going to play and you better get your mind right and ready to go and, 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 and come out and help your team because one guy's not going to get it done. As great as Trevin played the other night, which was amazing, you need some help. And uh, he didn't get it. And BYU lost that game. And I... And I can criticize those guys because I believe they are really good. And they uh, that's the strength of the team is this bench. But they need to be better than they were the other night. Mark mentions Dawson Baker and is uh, noted in our pregame interview with Coach Pope. Dawson Baker not on the trip. And it doesn't look good for his season as they're determining medical options for the rest of the year right now. So it doesn't look good for Dawson. So BYU's depth takes a hit coming into this trip. Coming up after the break, we'll hear from the voice of the Bears, John Morris. As the BYU Store Cougar Tip-Off Show continues live from Foster Pavilion in Waco, Texas on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the BYU Store Cougar Tip-Off Show. Let's head back courtside and rejoin Greg Rubel. Closing strains of our national anthem. This is the BYU Store Cougar tip-off show as we get you set for number 18 BYU and number 14 Baylor. One of only two ranked versus ranked matchups in the Big 12 this week. Ninth-ranked OU plays at third-ranked at TKU on the weekend. We're coming to you from Paul and Alejandra Foster Pavilion on the Baylor University campus here in Waco. A short time ago, I spoke with Baylor's longtime play-by-play voice, the voice of the Bears, John Morris about what this brand new building can mean to a program with an already strong pedigree and national profile. It's not completely finished yet. The part that you'll see inside the arena, folks, the part that our fans will see is done, and it, I think it looks fantastic. There's more to come. It's the development center, which are the coaches' offices, the practice facilities, the weight room, the training room that's here, that'll be completed in the summer. So uh, the part that we need to be finished is finished. They did it in 20 months, Greg, which is amazing. So uh, it's pretty fun and it's exciting to be in here. How important is this building and this project to a program that's already nationally prominent? I think it's huge. I think our coaches pushed for this. They want more of an intimate uh, uh, home court advantage, you know, with the fans right on top of it. You tell me what you think after the game if we accomplish that. But uh, our coaches really pushed for it, and our, our donors were just terrific to make it happen. And they really, you talk about an accelerated project to get in here middle of the year, which is very unusual. We really wanted to do that to give this class, this class of student athletes, a chance to play in here and not just kind of go on a traditional cycle and not move in here till next year. From an on-floor perspective, this class is a good mixture of young talent and some experience. Very much so. Uh, you'll see two freshman starters for Baylor this evening, and then we've got some veteran guys. Jalen Bridges is the only returning starter that we had back from last year. So uh, it's a really good mix, and so far it's been really fun to see them play together. And an experienced transfer in Ray J. Dennis. Those guys, Ray J. and Jaden Nunn, are, are transfers, and they've come in, and they have really established themselves. Uh, it, it's fun to see 
the coaches, when they go out recruiting these guys, recruiting high school, and then uh, transfers also, they know in their mind what they need, the pieces they want, and it's fun to see it come together. And finally, what do you expect out of this BYU team that is, of course, new to the Big 12? Uh, very good, obviously, and uh, I think we'll see a lot of threes in the air tonight. Uh, really impressed with your team. I think there's some similarities, don't you, between Baylor and BYU, the way we like to play, and uh, you guys are really good. It's just going to be another night in the Big 12. We look forward to it, John. Thank you for the time. Greg, great to have you here. That is the voice of the Bears, the Baylor Bears, John Morris. Folks, if you had any cars on the injured list, Doug Smith-Kia has some promising new prospects on their lot in American Fork. To see the full scouting report, visit DougSmithKia.com. The BYU Store Cougar Tip-Off Show rolls on from Waco on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the BYU Store Cougar Tip-Off Show. Let's rejoin Greg Rubel. Greg Rubel, Mark Durant, courtside here at Foster Pavilion in Waco. Baylor Bears playing their second game on their new home floor. They beat Cornell in their venue debut last week. As BYU built up its 12-1 non-conference record, the computers and the rankings love the Cougars. But many pundits a little more skeptical. They wanted to see if these numbers would translate into Big 12 play. Now, there's a long way to go. A one game into an 18 game slate but uh, Mark maybe that first game was in the end maybe a good thing to happen to this team maybe things had been a little easy maybe BYU needed to feel like an underdog again like it did maybe say against San Diego State and like it did maybe trailing NC State and Foose out of the game in that game maybe this team needs a bit of a chip to get the most out of this season yeah maybe so I mean they certainly didn't perform particularly well in a in an overdog situation that they had the other night. But I, I think you're right. I mean, I think this team was picked the bottom of the conference and that, that kind of stuck in their crowd a little bit, came out, played really well. And, and maybe that is the role for this team. They're just kind of a bunch of underdog, ragtag kind of guys and go out, shoot a lot of threes and make them and, and win some games. Uh, uh, I, I don't mind that, that, that approach at all. A final thought before tip-off coming your way next. This is the BYU Store Cougar Tip-Off Show live from Waco on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU Store Cougar Tip-Off Show rolls on. Here's Greg Rubel. All right, to getting set for BYU and Baylor here at Foster Pavilion in uh, Waco, Texas. Greg Rubel and Mark Durant with you courtside. And uh, as great as it is uh, to be at home playing in the Marriott Center, Mark, uh, nothing beats going on the road and having a chance to take away a loud crowd like there will be at Baylor tonight. And uh, that's also a special thing, too, about college basketball is not just playing at home, but going into someone else's building and, and having a great night and and, uh, and feeling the home crowd get a little nervous. Oh, you know, I love that. I loved it as a player. I love to go to the pit and and Wyoming and Utah and that almost made me less nervous to play in those places. It's hard to, you got people cheering for you. You don't want to mess up, but when you got cheering against you, you just want to stick it to them. So a good chance for BYU to try that tonight. All right, among the things we're going to look for tonight, maybe uh, have Foose shake a little more of that rust off here in game two, right? Yeah, Foose, is, he's just got to be a big focus for BYU. He's got to be really good. And we'll give him that game to get back into it a little bit, but he's just, he's got to be good and, until he does, BYU's going to struggle. Tip-off of BYU and Baylor coming up next. This has been the BYU Store Cougar Tip-Off Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.